Praise God. It's good to see everybody at Christmas time. Let's open in prayer as you are finding a seat. Father, today we thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we, we want to take full advantage of the opportunity today to hear your word. God planted in our hearts. God, we would like to see a harvest come out of that. And Father, we're, we're praying today for a hundredfold return. That God, that what goes in, God will come out in a powerful way. In your name we pray, amen, amen. This morning, I want to ask uh, two of our missionaries to come to the front, Alex and uh, Gwen, if you'll come up here at this time, uh, real quick before I speak, these are two of our representatives. Alex, would you come on up here? I know that that cookie and that coffee is wonderful. Look at that. It, it always pays to be alert and ready because you never know when the platform is going to... I was thinking Lisa was going to call me up there to start singing, but she never did. So It's great seeing all these young people up here on the platform, wasn't it? Let me tell you, it, it, there's something. Yeah, Nettie, come on up. Come on up, too. <laughs> there's nothing like seeing young people up here, and, and, and some of them, it was their first time, and some have been a long time. And did you notice some of them, boy, they had their eyes closed. They were getting into it. They told themselves, I could do it, and I can do it, and I am doing it. And that's what worship does. Uh, you might just be one of those worshipers in the shower, you know, at home where nobody can hear you. But, but it's, it's a whole other story. When you come to the house of God, you just throw your head back and go for it. Sing the goodness of God. I want to say, uh, as you know, Alex and Nettie are going to Cambodia the first of the year. Uh, to spend some time there ministering to the people of Cambodia. And we want to bless them as our church has taken up mission offerings over the last, uh, really, month and a half. And we're going to bless them today. And also, Gwen, uh, my wife, is over the Alive at Last, an anti-sex trafficking ministry that is really an amazing ministry, touching ladies through uh, small groups and mentoring programs. And our church has taken these two groups, these two ministries on this year as new missionaries. Would you give them a hand as I give them a check? Did I lose it? I'm just going to have to give hers a little later. All right. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, guys. You know, as we do have uh, a missions outreach right here in Keller, uh, a big investment that our church has is in Axiom Coffee. And if you haven't been to Axiom Coffee uh, in the last six hours, you're missing some. Because I'm telling you, we're, we're seeing people's lives change. Just, uh, you know, it wasn't long ago, uh, a gentleman came in and said, so, so let me get this straight. And, and kind of, you know how they do, they kind of get that look on your fa their face like, now, now, now does the, am, am I hearing right? A church owns this coffee shop. Let's see. You know, I, I was just there at the right time, so I, I kind of took, took some of the glory. You, you weren't there, but you could have been there. And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, and, and you're the pastor of the church? And I said, well, I sure am. <laughs> And in that next few minutes, I was able just to encourage him. He had a, a, a very, very painful thing going on in his life. And he said, I am just so thankful that I came to this place. See, he came maybe for a cup of coffee, but he left. And his expectations exceeded what he even thought he was coming for. And, and see, as a church, that's what we're here for. You know, there's something about when you hear the Great Commission is going to all the world and preaching the good news. And for some of you, you need to realize it's good news. Yeah. And when we are called to do that as a group of believers, as an individual, then we come as a corporate body and we can do so much more together than we could as individuals. Amen? Yeah. 
So as a church, we have put ourselves in the marketplace. Axiom Coffee is a for-profit business. Therefore, we pay taxes for the streets and the schools and all that. And we choose to do that. And, and it is a blessing to our community. And I want you that are, are faithful givers to that church to realize that you're a part owner into that ministry. Well, I never owned a business before, let alone a coffee shop. Well, congratulations. We won't be handing out deeds today, but at the same time, we all are part owners. A young man came up to me the other day and said, now, I, I, kind, of did, I kind of did what you did when I was down there. Someone said something about something about Axiom, and he said, well, I, I'm kind of an owner. Pastor, is that okay? I said, that's perfectly okay. As long as you didn't become a supervisor of Axiom. And he said, no, no, I never did. So, so anyway, you know, Luke chapter 2, verse 14 this morning says that the angels came down and began to sing to the, the shepherds. Remember, in the words that they sang is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his, what? His favor rests. Hey, have you ever thought what favor is? Because sometimes when we think of favor, it, it's something maybe personal, but it, it's something that we begin to look at and, and, and you know, our expectations of what we think sometimes don't make it. Do you know what disappointment is? It's unfulfilled expectations. I, I thought she would love me, but she I thought that I would get a pay raise, but I didn't. There's something about expectations that we get to place in our life, and really I think it is the older that we get, we begin to think that we become smarter. And we begin to insulate ourselves, and we begin to dumb down our uh, expectations because we don't want to get hurt. And, and you know, if, if we don't if we don't expect much, then we're, we're self-prophetic, right? We're, we're, we're running a thousand, we didn't even try. I didn't fail, I didn't succeed, but I didn't try, so I didn't, I didn't get disappointed. You know, there's there's something about expectations. Uh, Gwen and I, years ago, we we've gone on trips like everybody and vacations, and you know, the big thing was going to maybe okay hit the lights. I'm not going to sing that song the night the lights went out in Georgia or whatever. We're in Texas, so if, if it gets a blanket, just turn it off. Uh, and so Gwen and I decided that we were going to try something new this year. And, and what was the new thing is we were going to go on a cruise. That's right, a cruise out there on the ocean. And, and because we didn't know what to expect, in, in the, the amount of money that it was going to cost up front, because you know a lot of times a trip, you kind of kind of weave and bob all the way through it. You know, should I buy that? Should I pay for that? Should we go to that restaurant? Should we do that? But when you pay it all up front, you kind of have an expectation, but you really don't know what to expect because you've never been on the church. Everybody follow me so far? So so I, I begin to, to decide, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Are we one foot in, one foot out? You know, am I going to expect something good? Should we do it? And, and we chose the, the uh, cruise line Carnival. And, and Carnival had a tagline, a slogan that said, exceeding expectations. And I went, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of personal, and I kind of got, well, how do they know what I expect? And then I started thinking, John, what do you expect? You know, sometimes we need to just stop and say, what is it that you're expecting? Because we can get mad at somebody saying, exceeding expectations, you haven't even expected for anything, so why are you mad? And I, and I remember, as I started thinking about it, one and I, as I said, been on trips before, and I, I thought, well, if the boat don't sink, that's a good start. And I expect that. I don't like sharks. Everybody with me? Could we all expect that if we went on a cruise? That's not very hard. Let's just do that. Then I started thinking, well, you know, usually, and I think I want it on this trip, if I'm paying that much, I want a clean room and a comfortable bed. And, and then I started thinking, I, I wouldn't mind good food. That, that's a good expectation. I don't want to get on there and eat, you know, corny dogs and 
Succotash, maybe you might like corny dogs. I, I, I'm going to go for a corny dog. Uh, is there music being played? Can you check and see? Is that, I'm not going to sing a song. Tease me into starting memories. Okay. Now, if you can only see Lisa's face with her hands folded, don't do it. politician. We used to have an older man that wanted to sing in the worship team and she talked him out of it for the better of his. <laughs> Alright, back to the message. And, and I, you know, I started thinking, I, I like good food and I, I would like polite servants. You say, servants? That's pretty Come on, we all want people that wait on us. If it's a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant, we want them to be polite, don't we? Oh, we hang that little tip right over their head. I've got a five spot, a five spot. You should be going 20%. Come on now. She didn't say, did you like the meal? It's down to 18%. But I, I want nice servants, people that, that's going to take care of me. When too, but me. I'm talking about my expectations. And, and, and I wanted, you know, a, a good maid or a steward over the cabin to make sure it's clean and taken care of. Expectations. An entertainment director that keeps me entertained. A tour guides on the excursion that were polite. Come on now. I started thinking about it and started getting expectations because I wanted to see if these guys could exceed my expectations. You know, the, the, we went through the turnstiles, and if you've ever done that, it, it takes an act of Congress to actually get you on the ship, because somehow you're a terrorist, and you're going to blow up the ship, I guess. So we finally get on, and I'm telling you what, from the moment it seemed that we got on until the moment we got off, they did it, and it was crazy. Except, now, this isn't a, a slogan, and I'm not getting any kickback from Carnival. <laughs> but I want to make a point, because a lot of times, until you begin to see and think, what is it that you're expecting? God can't even exceed your expectations in life. <laughs> Therefore, you stay at average, or even sometimes below average, and you're just grateful that you're not down here at the bottom. But I'm telling you today that God wants to show his favor on his children. That's not very good response. Amen. I want you to think about it again, and I want you to verbally respond. God wants to show favor on his children. Amen. Think about that. Do you believe that? When, when I look at that little illustration about the trip, and I, I begin to think, what was it that they were doing? They were doing everything they could because they would foresee what I would expect, and they were going to do a little bit more. Now this morning, when you look at a verse like John 10, 10, you might not be a Bible scholar, but you can figure this out. And it goes like this. Jesus is speaking. He said, the reason I came... Now, this is pretty simple and right to the point. The reason I came, that they may have and enjoy life. See, there's some people that don't even think that they deserve life. Come on now. He came that you might have life, but then you might enjoy life and have it in abundance and to the full until it overflows. When and I was listening to somebody, in, in a speaker, in, and they said, you know, when the Psalms 23, until our cup overflows, let me tell you, God knows that it's overflowing, and he's good with it. It's not a mistake. I believe, as we have talked about so many times, we're blessed in order to be a blessing. Amen. When you begin to see the overflow, it's not just for waste. But it's there to, again, begin to be gracious, to begin generous, 
generous giving and, and just like what we saw today in these mission opportunities that we have given. What is your expectations? Because I'll guarantee you right now, it is based on your belief system. Now let me remind you, your belief system has been created over the little time that you've been alive. And your belief system, out of that will come your choices. And what we've talked about in the past is out of those choices will put you in experiences. Because you chose to be in those experiences. They'll put you in experiences that will confirm or contradict what you believed up to that point. A lot of times people will not put themselves in another different experience to challenge their belief system. Because anytime their belief system is challenged, they'll either fight or flight. They'll run. We talked about that in that whole last series. So here's what I want you to do. When your belief system is going to change and begin to see things, and what I'm going for this month and in, in the month of January is to watch, watch, watch how your emotional level is challenged to rise to another occasion of believing the favor of God is on you. Not in an arrogant way. But in an identification of who you are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. When your belief system changes, you make choices. And out of those choices, you are put immediately, and watch this, an exceedingly abundant experience. You begin to expect things to come because of the experiences during that moment. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, I want you to stay with me on this because this is going to, out of the weeks that we've talked about it already in the weeks to come, this will be in your heart, hopefully in your spirit. We, we pray that the word of God is in Mark chapter 4 about the, the planter. You know, he goes around planting seeds and, and the fertile ground produces a hundredfold. It'll be up to you to determine what is in your heart when you hear this. Watch this. This is out of the Amplified. In Ephesians 3, verse 16, here, here's Paul. Now listen to this. Come on, work with me on this. Stay, lean in. Put, put your thinking caps on. Watch this. It says this. May God grant you out of his rich treasury of his glory. We, we know that he's rich, right? Yes. Do you have a problem with God being wealthy? No. We're going to go there. Come on. May God grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Now, again, think about it. He is praying because of God's will that you might be strengthened inside because God's going to be, he's going to say, is living inside you. Verse 17, may Christ through your faith, it's, it's your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make a permanent home in your hearts. Watch this. May you be rooted deep in love and founded secure on love. You're rooted deep in what? Love. This, this sounds so shallow, love. But let me tell you, it's the deepest thing that you can ever experience in your life. Has anybody ever experienced that it's hard to walk in love? Huh? Yeah. The very thing that God's asked us all to do? I'm not talking about on the outside. How are you doing? And they get away. That person gets away. Paul's saying that you're rooted deep in love and family secure on love. Here it is. That you may have the power. Does it sound a little bit... Uh, self-seeking, that you might have the power. But Paul's not scared of that. That you may have the power and the strong, and to be strong, to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, this, the experience of that love. Catch that. He's saying that you may grasp, that you may be able to get a hold of this, that you may have the experience of love. The experience, do you remember? Belief system, choices, experience. That you might have the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and deep of it? The love of God working in you, that you might experience that, okay? Now watch verse 19, it goes on to say this. 
that you may really come to know practically through experience. Now, I'm kind of standing on this, and I hope you're getting this. But he's saying that you are experiencing it in your life, the love of God. Remember the whole identity series about God is love and we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. And then we talked about the authority of the believer. If you do not really uh, believe that God is love, you will not believe you're the righteousness in Christ. And I'll guarantee you, if you don't believe you're the righteousness in Christ, you won't have any authority working in your life. So watch this. He's saying this. He's saying that you would practically, through experience for yourself, the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. In other words, there's a lot of people that walk around the knowledge of, well, I know God loves me. Have you experienced it for your life? Have you experienced favor on your life? Not really. Well, this is what Paul is praying, and I'm praying for you to do. That you experience it. That you may be filled through all your being. How much is left? None. Through all your being. You're full of what? That you're through all your being and to all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a new body, wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Now, one more part here. Verse 20. Now, to Him who, by in consequence of the action of His power that is working within us, now the consequence of because of that power. It's working within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Did I read that right? Yes. Super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask. Sometimes I wonder why they put that in there, dare ask, because a lot of false humility. God, I would never ask you for more than that. On that, sorry. Sorry. Sometimes false humility can just beat you down, can it? More than we could dare ask or think, <laughs> beyond our highest pressure, the prayers, our highest pressure, prayer, let me say it again. <laughs> Through our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Typically, we ask to fulfill our level of expectations. God, just, just help my dream come to pass. God, my problems to turn around for the better. God. See, the big ask is nothing but ordinary. But God thinks in an extraordinary way in our life. You know, during this time of our season of Christmas, it should expand our capacity to think that the creator of the universe would come to earth and walk with us. We think if we could just have enough money for me and mine to pay the bills, maybe a little bit, send home to mom. But God thinks different. From his perspective, he has more than enough and an abundance, not just to help you or mama, but those people that are around you that you think is a burden on you because you don't think you have enough. That's right. I'd get more if I had more. Would you? Are you believing for more in your life? We think, oh God, if I could just manage this addiction, that'd be better. But see, God thinks from a different perspective and he's thinking, what about freedom? What if you didn't have to deal with that addiction? You were free of that. Our belief system has a way of only believing for the ordinary. Only looking for the things that we can see in our natural mind, being able to to receive into the natural realm. But God says, if you'll push past the ordinary, I will exceed your expectations. To the point to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. about it. Can you believe that if we just take the limits off God, He can indwell us with His love and power to change the world? 
You know, sometimes when we begin thinking like that, we, our, our brain begins to hurt. And see, all of us know somebody that's richer than us, and we say, they just don't know how to be rich. If I, if I was rich, I'd bless everybody I know and more. It, it begins to hurt, though, when we begin to speak personally about us and how God would exceed what you're even expecting or dare even pray about. It, it hurts our brain begin to wow. Have you ever thought about things of God and sometimes it hurts your brain? One thing about, I think about sometimes and I just sit there and I go, ooh, ow, ooh. And I think about eternity. <laughs> ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, you know, you know what you get. There's got to be an end somewhere. Down. No, no end. And your brain begins to, subject like this, exceeding expectations. It, it can begin to hurt and we begin to shut down. When we read passages like Isaiah 54, 3 that says, you will increase and spread out in every direction. Some people go, well, my pen size did that. <laughs> He's not talking about that. <laughs> He's talking about your 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 value here on earth, the, the ability to, to produce wealth is coming from God. He says, you will increase and spread out in every direction. Listen to this. Your sons and daughters will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities. You're telling me little Junior could go into place and change that place? That's what I believe he could do. That would definitely exceed my expectations. You realize that sometimes we get a problem over making certain amounts of money or becoming so valuable that we have really want to give it away. Lots of mothers that don't have, you know, uh, uh, you know, help and, and the government's got to step in. What if the church got to place that we could subsidize families better than the government? You realize that gold right now is at $1,770 an ounce. And the creator of the universe walks on the streets and goes, oh, our minds are so expecting so little. Get ready. I believe God is ready to exceed your expectations in the coming months. Can you handle it? See, there's something about favor. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You can't buy it. The good news, others can't keep you from getting God's favor. Well, Pastor, you don't know the people that are over me. Do you know the person over him or them? I'm excited about that. Well, you know, I work for a boss. You know he who he works for. God has a way where there seems to be no way. It's the favor of our Father. Now, now watch this. Acts chapter 3. Quickly turn there because I want you to remember this. This is a day that uh, for this gentleman will never, he'll never be the same. And some of you will experience this kind of day. The kind of day that says, I would have never dreamed that would have happened in my life. And in Acts chapter 3, here's Peter and John. And, and Jesus has already uh, died for our sins. He's been buried. He is resurrected and he's ascended to the Father. Now Peter and John are doing their thing. They're disciples. They've been commissioned to go into all the world, just like you and I. Now they have experience. They haven't just heard. They've walked around for three years with Jesus, so they've heard and got the knowledge of the love of God. But the difference in most people compared to them is they've experienced it for themselves. So now they're, they're walking around little Christ's called Christians. And, and when they're experiencing things, their expectations, some of us, not all of us, but some of us might have them down here. Peter and John, they realize because they've been walking with Jesus, their expectations are extremely high. So they're walking into the temple and they're, they're going to go and do their thing. In verse 2 it says, when a certain man crippled from his birth was being carried along who would 
who was laid each day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, now think about this. Every day he has a system in place that he is carried by somebody. He has to have somebody that helps him. That's the ordinary. That's the natural. My legs don't work. So somebody has to carry him in and put him by the gate where people come and go so that he can do what? <clears throat> so that he might beg for charitable gifts from those who enter the temple. Is that kind of, just for a minute, think of how humiliating that had to be. We don't know his background. We know that he's been born uh, uh, a crippled man, but we don't know his background. Maybe he had brothers that were executives. And he was born, not on his fault, but he was born crippled. And now he is at this gate begging, please, please, not just some coins. Watch this story, how it turns. And let me tell you, it turns on the dime. It says, so when he saw Peter and John about to get, go into the temple, he asked them to give him a gift. Now, now let's, let's play ignorant because some of you are already ahead of me and you, you, it's kind of dull. And, oh, yeah, I know this story. But what do you think that he's asking them? Is he asking them for a rock? A gift? Could it be a rock? Pet rock? Come on. No. Is he asking for a, a, a spoon? A spoon? No. See, pretty much we know the expectations of this guy because he's sitting there and he needs something. What does he need? He needs cash. He needs money. Is that not the real and the raw of it? Yeah. Yeah. Why do we build so many times into the scripture that everything is spiritual, unseen stuff? This guy is in a place where he doesn't get some money. Possibly he didn't eat. In verse 4 it says, And Peter directed his gaze. This, this is a guy that's got expectations, but they're high. He says, hey, God, over here. And Peter directed his gaze intently at him, and so did John, and said, look at us. Do you feel authority coming from them, guys? In there, guys? <laughs> look at us. And the man paid attention to them, expecting, everybody say expecting, expecting that he was going to get something from them. Verse 6. There's a word there, but see that that's an exceeding expectation transition. See, I was expecting this, but God said, but God did this. See, he was looking at Peter and John, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold or money, I do not have. But what I do have that I give to you, watch this, in the use of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this. I'm, I'm just expecting a few coins. Did, well, did you say get up and walk? In his best Texas accent. They will Walk. Now, this is the trans transition between a crippled man and a healed man. Can you hear, if this was possible, the, the man being interviewed on the radio station? Jesus 500, okay, or whatever. Jesus 1000. KR Jesus, you know, whatever. <laughs> Come on in here, young man. He might say this. Give me the microphone. On that day, I would have never dreamed that it would change my life. On that day, I, I never would have dreamed I would walk and run again. On that day, I would have never dreamed that I could go home and dance again with my wife. I, I never knew that I could play ball with my son or beat him in a foot race. I would have never dreamed. I'm, I'm declaring to you today that God has some of those. I would have never dreamed blessings for you. The diagnosis doesn't look good. The relationship with your children don't seem repairable. 
The debt seems like Mount Everest, and you might say, some have climbed it, but not me. But nothing is impossible with the Creator of the universe, Amen. especially when the Creator of the universe says, my favor is going to rest upon those four. See, the merciful God looked at a small thinker, coin collector, and made him all. Aren't you glad that he was merciful? Yeah. If Peter and John would have said, walk. He's not walking? Okay, he didn't expect it. Sorry. Our merciful God healed that man right there. Now watch the rest of this story. In Acts chapter 3, verse 9, it says, And all the people saw him walking around and praising God. And they recognized, because they weren't stupid, they recognized him as the man who usually sat begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were, what? Eh, we expected that one day. No, it says that they were filled with wonder and amazement. Bewilderment, it even says, over what had occurred to him. Now, while he was still firmly clung to Peter and John, all the people in utmost amazement. Has, has, when was the last time people were in utmost amazement about this? The news, they're about ready to be. Come on, let your expectations rise. All the people in utmost amazement ran together and crowded around them in the covered porch wall called Solomon. Those people were filled with wonder and amazement. Now let me tell you this. The day that comes when God shows his wonderful blessing on your life, whatever you're going through, that you're going to believe for, that we're believing for you beginning this month as we've been praying and believing at the end of this service, we're going to call our prayer team up and we're going to agree with you. This might be the first week that you came forward and said, you know what, would you pray with me about this? But the question is, when God shows his favor on your life, can you give the Father glory? See, because I believe people are going to see the glory of God on your life. And your timidness of trying to share the love of God with people, you know, Pastor, I just, I'm kind of uncomfortable sharing my faith. And let me tell you, it's not hard to share your faith with people going, what happened to you? <laughs> You're not that wealthy. How do you pay your house off? Let me, let me give you this. I, I was 22 years old, 21, when I, I go to Southwestern as a young man, and I, I'm, I'm going, and you know, I'm, I'm not into school. I'm a guy. Come on. But everybody in my family, all the way back to Kingdom Come, went to college, so I'm going to college. The Millers don't go 12, they go 16. Grades. What grade are you in? I'm, I'm in 14. 14. I'm, so I'm going to college expecting to get my degree, and then I'm going to go do my thing, conquer the world, whatever is a guy that age is going to do. I go to Southwestern because I, I figured out that, you know, some people know engineering schools, and, you know, Texas A&M is good for electricians, and I mean, engineering in different places like that. But for ministry, the Harvard is the Southwestern down on Texas. Oh. Can I get an amen from all the moment? Dr. Brown, I'm speaking in your life. And, and I go to college and I decide on my senior year to be, you know, I'm going to be almost out of here. And my expectations is I'm going to get that diploma and I'm done. And somebody said, well, John, why don't you run for student governor's president? I thought, it's my senior year. I'm not going to. Do all that extra work? <laughs> See, my expectations was I'm going to just go in there and do a little thing, you know, kind of a community service. But the day came when I went into the student congress as the president. I got voted in somehow, some way, and, and 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 my my staff was there, my vice president, my secretary, and my treasurer, and and they're saying, "So what are we going to do, John?" And I had clue. But there was my vice president, and she was about four foot this tall, blonde haired, blue eyes. <laughs> Luke is my son. They did that. No Christmas for you. 
Look at that stash. And I remember walking into that student congress office thinking that I'm just going to go through this senior year. And I went, hello, what you doing? And I remember as I said, well, we, we might be able to do some things. And that little blonde-headed lady going, she says, would, would you think that we could do this? You know what? I, that, that's what I was thinking we could do. And she said, would, would you think that you would like me to do it and I could kind of tell these other guys their part in doing it? Yeah, I, I, I'd be in favor of that. In a matter of months... My life has changed. I've graduated from Southwestern. I went in for an education, and when I came out, God exceeded my expectations. I married that little blonde-headed lady, and I came out not just with an education, but with a wife and four children, and, and to this point, three daughter-in-laws, and, and two little baby boys, grandbabies, that are called Miller, all right? And all that exceeded my expectations. My expectations are going to be that those lights are going to stop. Sometimes you just got to flow. Turn out the lights. They see me. They've seen me. That's why I wore this green shirt today. You said, Pastor, though, all those, you're just trying to get my hopes up. You're just trying to get my hopes. Let me tell you this. I am. And here's why. Because without hope, you can't have faith. Faith is being sure of the things we hope for, certain of the things we do. You know, there's a lot of times that we go around and say, I'm not really hoping for something. I don't even have expectations. And then you say, well, do you have faith? Yeah, well, yeah, I have faith. No, you don't. You just have head knowledge. It's time to experience the favor of God on your life. Now, now real quick, I want you to see this. In the Bible, in, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I think that's what that is. Yeah, it'll be here by the Christmas tree. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's sucking all the energy. Anyway, we'll go on. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here's a story, and I'll, I'll start wrapping it up with this. So, so listen to this. In this story, the children of Israel have a king, and he's got a wild name. King Jehoshaphat. And it's a story where the, the enemy, there's three powerful enemies, three powerful armies that are coming against him. The Israelites, the people of God, are outnumbered and they're outpowered. And the people of God know that. So when you know that as children of God, do what they did. They went to God and said, God, we got to have your help. Uh, you know the situation. The response came back from God through the prophet that said this. That the Lord says this to you. Be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. The, the king fell on his face and was like, oh. So his expectations that could have been in the natural of defeat went to victory. We're going to defeat. These enemy armies are not going to defeat us. Now for you and I, we think defeat is, well, they just take, you know, possession of our country and they tell us what to do. Back then, most of the time, they put all the women and children into slavery and they put the men to death. So, so just, you know, it's kind of more severe than what you're thinking. Is, well, they defeated. No, no, this is life and death. And God says, the battle is mine. I've got your back. So the king realizes his expectations just rose to, we're not going to be killed. He sends out in front of the army of, of the Israelites a choir that begins to sing. You know what they sing? They talk about some people that cannot get into the faithfulness of God, and God doesn't do this. And doesn't. Let me tell you, this is almost arrogant. But it is the authority of the believer through the power of God. Yeah. They begin to go out with the choir. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. That's what they're singing. 
If they do not believe God, the choir would be way back in the back. The Bible says that God sent. It says, uh, let, let, me, let me summarize it because we have time. It says that the enemy began to fight among themselves to the point of annihilation. All three armies, what are you looking at? I'm looking at you. You got a problem? You want to dance? And they dance and they kill each other. Now watch this. The people of God, when they get up to the battlefield, they haven't even fought. And when they look, the enemy is all dead in, right there on the battlefield. Hey, can you just for a minute think of their expectations? of touchdown dances because they're celebrating but here's our God that exceeds expectations yeah. see you were thinking of defeat now you I've raised you to the point of expectations that you won't be defeated but but here listen to what it says when the Jeho when Jehoshaphat and the people came to the to take the spoil they found among them listen much how much is much a lot not too much Cattle, goods, garments, precious things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry away, so much they were three days in gathering the spoil. They have the army there. They have all the choir there. Those choir guys can carry a lot. <laughs> they didn't have soul, uh, armor on. They didn't have, they could carry it. It took them three days to carry. Now think about this. This is a country at this point in, in Israel's history that is, is not too strong. But they have now in a matter of hours gone to a stronger place, a stronger nation with more wealth, more better food and clothing than they've experienced in years. Because our God says, no, no, no. See your expectations of where you are right now. See, right now, it might look, look gloom. You might not think that there's a lot of possibilities. And your expectations is, if I could just make it through today. God says, I've got something very good. They say they called the place, and it's still called the Valley of Iraq which is the valley of blessing. Think about it. God is good and he could have just delivered his children from the enemy. But it's almost like God says, no, no, I'm going to do more. I'm going to make the enemy pay. Now, I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks let me conclude this by saying, don't let yourself talk you out of the favor of God on your life. I'm going to use an illustration in weeks to come called, don't be a negative Nancy. Because what we do is, if we really believe that God has given us the authority and, and through our confession and the words that we say, the power that is in our life as Christians, to be able to see not only what we expect to see those with the power of God working in us. If we believe that the enemy cannot steal those from us unless he talks us out of them, or if we ourselves choose to talk ourselves out of them. Can I tell you this? That there is so many times that I have spoken to people I have been the person that had been a negative Nancy. And see, this isn't a matter of positive thinking or negative thinking because a lot of people that fight you because their belief system is being challenged will go to that. But let me tell you, just in the Word of God, you have to realize having faith, come on now, is more positive than has any negative effect.
Pastor, it, it might be okay to, for some, but I, I just can't figure it out. You know, the good news is you don't have to figure it out. God asks us just to believe it. Amen. I've said this before. I, I can't figure out how a big old jumbo jet liner takes me up off of the ground. All I have to do is just believe that it's going to happen again. And I get in. I'm going to again ask you, you, Challenge your belief system because what you've been believing, that the framework of what you've been believing is the way that you see things. And the way that you see things is the things that you're expecting. And then there's a place that you go that you might not even be expecting anything. The doctors say that I can't have children. It's God's say. Amen. The doctor says, I have about six months to live. But what does God say? <laughs> this morning, begin to challenge a system. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up to the front. And, and if you would, just stand along the front. And I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. If you are challenged right now in your faith and you go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Then just come and say, God, what, what do you want to do in my life? Because I know that the God that we serve is bigger than any questions that we have. It starts with allowing God in your faith to believe that the love of God and you can experience how high, how deep, long, and wide His love is for you. If our worship team would come, as you can tell, I'm giving you time to think, process. We'll be singing some songs that talk about the goodness of God. And just for the next few minutes as we're here in this place, we can agree with you. This is a powerful opportunity for you. Would you stand with me? If you can, strength-wise, just begin to stand and begin to sing the song. Once you know the words, just close your eyes and begin to say, God, I believe that you can exceed my expectations in these areas. Maybe in your healing, in your health, maybe in your relationships, maybe in your finances. What is it?